Hey, everybody, welcome to Brad Tuttle Ministries Sermon of the Week. I am so glad that you have decided to join me today. I'm really excited about what we're going to do, and we're going to be finishing up with one of our powerful series today. Uh, we're actually going to be in the series of Salvation, and we're coming into part number four, or part four. And the title of this sermon is going to be Saved and Redeemed. Saved and Redeemed. So this is another aspect of what happens to us at the moment that we are converted. Somebody say, at the moment. At the moment that we are converted, we are redeemed. But we're also, as we've talked about earlier, we are saved and justified at that moment, saved and sanctified, saved and reconciled, saved and redeemed. So we're going to be talking about redemption. Amen. These are all going to be available on my on my YouTube channel, Brad Total Ministries, where I hope you will go there and like it and subscribe and make sure you hit that little bell because that's what's going to get you the videos and the sermons every time they come fresh off the presses. Amen. So please go do that. I would really, really appreciate it. So listen, time is short. Jesus is coming back. We've got to reach lost people. There's so much going on in the world and we can't be Although our, our thoughts and prayers go with everything going on in Afghanistan and the different places of the world like that, uh, we can't ultimately be sidetracked in our, in our purpose, and that is for all of us who know Christ to be people who are out winning people who, who don't know Christ. And um, he's coming back, and we've got to reach and be about reaching the lost with the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that if I've, as I have given you uh, justified and sanctified and re reconciled and now redeemed, that I'm giving you a truly complete gospel message. And I know that that is vitally important. Amen. So first of all, we've learned this. First, we must hear the gospel. And that's the good news of Jesus's death and resurrection. We find that in Ephesians 1.3. Then we must, once we've heard it, then we must believe. And in that believe, it means that we fully trust in who the Lord is to us. Romans 1.16. We, we believe in what he did. We believe in who he is. And we believe in what he accomplished. Then, in this, then it involves repentance. So we then repent. In other words, repentance means we change our mind about our sin and we change our mind about Christ. Christ. We repent of our sin, give that to the Lord. We find that in Acts 3.19 and Romans 10 and 9 is now when we call on the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 9 and 10. So we have to hear it. We have to believe it. We have to ask for, we have to repent of our sins. And then we have to call on the name of the Lord. And when you truly believe in your heart, then you truly will be saved. So the, a definition of the Christian doctrine of salvation, just to repeat some things we did in the first three messages, in case you just come on to this one as your first one, it is the deliverance by the grace of God from eternal punishment for sin, which is granted to those who accept by faith God's conditions of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. So we covered justification. Remember, and the justification is a one-time event. It's in the Greek aorist verb, that word justification. It's a one-time event in the past. In other words, we were declared legally not guilty. It is a one and a done. It's been done. Then we talk about sanctification happens at the moment we're converted. Sanctified means that God's word has had an effect on us. We've been set apart. God's word 
uh, now begins to infiltrate our lives as we apply it to our lives and we now start living out a holy life more and more and more like Christ. So it's through the word that God cleanses us and makes us holy. We see that in Ephesians 5, 26 and John 17, 17. And I will list all these verses in the description area of the video on the YouTube channel. So to be sanctified means that God loves us too much to let us stay the way we are. So when we're sanctified, that is a that is something that takes place at our salvation, but it's unlike justification, it continues with us. And every day we're progressively being more and more sanctified. And remember, God sanctifies us, but when it comes to sanctification, we have to put something into this ourselves as well. Uh, then we come into reconciliation. So at the moment of your conversion, you're reconciled. That means you're, you were restored to a relationship of peace with God the Father. You were once before Christ, and here's the thing everybody misses on the gospel message. You were an enemy of God before you came to Christ. When you accepted Jesus into your life, you now were reconciled to God. You were now had a relationship of peace restored between you and God. So justified, sanctified, reconciled, and now we look at redeemed. So we're going to go to our main verses in this. It's going to be in Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. So make sure you turn there in your Bible or, or look it up. Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. And it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, with which he favored us in the beloved, that's Christ, in him we have redemption through his blood. That's Jesus' blood that he shed on a cross. The forgiveness of our wrongdoings according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Man, whew, that's something to be excited about. That's something to jump up and praise God and to cheer God for. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our wrongdoings according to the riches of his grace. So his grace was so rich for us. It was so extensive for us that when he died on the cross and he shed that perfect blood through his blood, we can now be forgiven and have our sins washed away. Mm, somebody say amen to that. So as we come um, to this verse, we move into this great passage and we see this this aspect of choosing. We see the predestinating work of the Father, uh, the redemptive work of the Son and salvation. And then it talks about, it uses the phrase in Him or in Christ or in union with Christ. And that's something that all of us need to get deeper down inside of us, that when you come to faith in Christ, you are now in Christ. You're now in Christ. When you come to faith in Christ, you're now in Christ. That means we have means to have or possess objects or property. In other words, in him, we have the redemption. We have everything we need in Christ. One uh, great 
uh, woman of God, Henrietta Mears, said, Redemption is the most glorious work of God. It is greater far than his work of creation. He spoke a word and the worlds were formed, but it cost him the life of his beloved son to redeem the world. So you have been redeemed. You are not the same person that you used to be. So then again, what is Christian redemption? What does it mean to be redeemed? Listen to this. It's powerful. Redemption is a biblical word that means a purchase or a ransom. Historically, redemption was used in reference to the purchase of a slave's freedom. A slave was redeemed when the price was paid for his freedom. So you get where we're going now? God spoke of Israel's deliverance from slavery in Egypt this way. He said in Exodus 6, 6, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. So the use of redemption in the New Testament includes this same idea. Every person, when it relates to us now in the New Testament, we are all slaves to sin. When we are born, we are born slaves to sin. And only through the price that Jesus paid on the cross is a sinful person redeemed from sin and from death. And again, it's all about Jesus. So imagine people who mock him who uh, don't believe in him, it's all, there is nothing without Christ. In scripture, it is clear that every person born into this world stands in need of redemption. Why? Because every person has sinned. Romans 3, 23. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we are all born into this world sinners, separated from God by our sin, now enemies of God, and we all need to be redeemed. But the beautiful thing about it is Jesus went to the cross to make a way for all who would come to him in faith and believe upon him as Savior and Lord. He made a way for them to be redeemed by shedding his blood. So the following verse then reveals we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's in Romans 3.24. Justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 9.15 says that Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Woo, hallelujah. Redemption then provides several benefits for every man and woman of God who is listening to this. It brings the benefit into us of eternal life. Revelations 5, 9 through 10. And I put these verses down because I just want to confirm in your mind that this is all in the word of God. It also gives us the benefit of forgiveness of sin. That's in Ephesians 1, 7. It gives us a right relationship with God. Romans 5, 17, peace with God, Colossians 1, 18 through 20, the benefit of the Holy Spirit who lives within us now, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, and adoption into God's family, Galatians 
four, five. Hallelujah, man. That's what redemption brings into your life. Woo, you need to look all those scripture verses up. Titus 2, 13 through 14 says, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. Woo! When we, when we become redeemed, we become different people. And remember, again, it happens at the moment of your conversion, justified, sanctified, reconciled, and redeemed. When God redeemed Israel from slavery in Egypt, he made them a new nation and gave them a new land. Likewise, the Christian, now that we have been redeemed, we have a new identity in Christ. And that's why I tell people, don't let anybody hold you back. Don't let someone tell you, because your mama didn't do this, your daddy didn't do that, or whatever. You, you are a new creation in Christ. You have a new identity in Christ. So no longer are you as a Christian a slave to sin and to death. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. That's awesome, man. That is magnificent. Instead, you become a citizen of God's kingdom. Man, think of where you used to be as a sinner separated from God by your sin in darkness, translated now into the light, and now you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. I live in the, in the nation of the United States, but my, my ultimate kingdom, the ultimate kingdom I live within is the kingdom of God. Christians now live in anticipation of our eternal home with our heavenly Father. That will be there one day, whenever that time comes. But for now, we got to get busy and do the things that God has called us to do. And Jesus paid a high price for our redemption, the ultimate sacrifice of his own life to free us from sin. Again, everyone is in need of redemption. Everyone. Our natural condition, again, was characterized by guilt. Romans 3.23 again says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Again, Christ's redemption freed us from this guilt. Romans 3.24, we've been freed from the guilt of our sin. Whew. Related to the Christian concept of redemption is the word ransom. We've been ransomed. Uh, we've been given a pardon. We've been redeemed. I always look at it like when you were not in Christ, you were a slave to sin and you were behind spiritual jail cell bars. You're in a spiritual jail cell. And the moment you got converted, Jesus came by that jail cell and handed you inside that cell your, um, your paid for, you've been paid for, your ransom was paid for. Four, amen. And you were immediately opened, that gate was opened, and you were set free and new. He pardoned you. He paid for that, and it was a great and a mighty price. He paid the price for our release from sin and its punishment. Whew, if that's all I said in this whole sermon, he paid the price for our release and from sin and its punishment. Remember, because you would have died in your sin and gone to hell and been separated from God forever, the Bible says, but because you came to faith in Christ, you were justified, sanctified, reconciled, and you were redeemed. He paid. He paid the price to release you from your sin and from sin's punishment. His death was in exchange 
for your life. His death was in exchange for your life. Man, how much praise and honor and glory does he deserve out of our mouth on a daily basis? Amen. Just don't save it for Sunday morning. It is a daily, everyday thing to give God, to give Jesus glory and honor for what he did. He exchanged his life for ours. And let me tell you something, the streets of heaven one day are going to be filled with former captives who through no merit of their own find themselves redeemed, forgiven, and free. Slaves to sin have now become saints. Slave to sin have now become saints. So no wonder Revelations 5, 9 says we're going to be singing a new song. It says a song of praise to the Redeemer who was slain. And man, I bet when we go to heaven and we get to actually see Jesus there, we are going to sing that new song, a song of praise to our Redeemer who was slain on our behalf. Because the only reason you're there is because of what he did for you and you accepting that in your heart by faith. Man, it's incredible. So listen to Romans 5, 8 through 11. It includes several aspects that we have studied so far. This is a great section of verses. Romans 5, 8 through 11. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So right there, we see every, we see all four of them, justification, uh, sanctification, reconciliation, and redemption. Listen, when life gets hard and we say, uh, we tend to say we need a break, what we really need is redemption. People need to be redeemed. The greatest gift that you can give someone is the gospel message and give someone an opportunity to be redeemed, to be bought back, uh, to have Jesus change their life forever. So instead of gaining this momentary respite from our numbness of our and the madness that surrounds us, redemption is the promise of God to deliver us from the power and the presence of sin. When you are redeemed, I live in a fallen world. And there is, man, just look at the world. Look at all the stuff going on in our nation. Look at all the lawlessness. Look at all the anti-Christ and anti-Bible and anti-God agendas that are being pushed into this nation through our government. Look at all the things that are going on overseas, sex trafficking, all this stuff in Afghanistan, soldiers killed, all these different things. Listen, in the midst of all this, I have been redeemed. I have been delivered from the power and from the presence of sin. So although sin is all around me, I have been delivered from that and I have now been given the opportunity to be victorious over that. So in the midst of all the chaos, I can walk in strength and I can walk in peace because my life has been changed by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So if this promise sounds too good to be true, Consider the fact that the world used to work this way, just the way I described to you. Prior to their rebellion, Adam and Eve had an unbroken fellowship with God. 
They were, had unparalleled intimacy with each other and undisturbed enjoyment in their uh, Edenic environment. They were in the Garden of Eden, and the environment there was beautiful in the Garden of Eden. There has never been a time such as theirs when humans exercised biblical dominion over creation, complemented each other so completely, and joyously lived every moment of every day under the rule of God. But one day there will be that again, and that's what being redeemed means. The Bible envisions a day when these broken relationships will be forever restored. See, when you came to Christ, you have no idea. Maybe you have, have not had an idea really of what has gone on in your life. This ought to be really filling you with a lot of encouragement because of who you now are in Christ. The world once was a beautiful place. God made, created things and said, it is good. But then Adam and Eve sinned and into the world because of the fall, capital F-A-L-L, because of the fall, sin entered in, and so did disease, and so did death. But in the midst of all this, God had a plan. And the plan was to send his only son to come and die as a sacrifice for us. And for those who would come to him in faith and believe upon him, re repent of their sins, and call on his name, they will be saved, and they'll be delivered from all of this stuff. And now you have your own kind of, uh, although we're not living in the Garden of Eden, uh, within yourself, you can still walk with that kind of peace and with that unbroken relationship with God the Father because it's been restored in Jesus' name. Death will no longer haunt you. Um, one day, uh, lambs will rest by, by carnivorous, carnivorous wolves. I mean, there's coming a day when there's going to be ultimate peace in heaven. But again, I'll say to you right now, to bring it into reality, you can have peace in your life right now, no matter what is going on. So redemption is the reversal of the fall that took place in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. In that reversal, it means that those who were spiritually dead are now spiritually made alive, Ephesians 2.4. And those who were children of wrath are now children of God, 1 John 3.1. And I'll say this on that, on, on Ephesians 2, 4. Before Christ, you were dead in your sins and trespasses. And the Bible clearly tells us that we were living in darkness. I don't care how much money you got, how educated you are, how much you think you got it going on, but without Christ, you are living in darkness, groping in the darkness, trying to find your way. It wasn't until you came to faith in Christ, in Christ alone, that you've now been translated from that darkness into his marvelous light. You were once spiritually dead, and you were, through Christ, made alive. Hallelujah. Listen, the Bible recognizes that fallen people can make positive contributions to the world as a whole. The Bible's quite, quite clear that no one can contribute, though, anything positive to their own redemption. People can do good things, but they cannot do anything to redeem themselves from their sin. Romans 3, 23 and 28 the only one qualified to undo the effects of the fall is Jesus Christ. The only one who's qualified to undo the effects of the fall is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, the Bible unflinchingly states that Jesus never sinned. He is the perfect, ultimate, spotless lamb. And he's the one that came and it was only it could only have been through him. He, could, he was the only possible sacrifice because he lived a perfect life even when he was on the earth. 
He never sinned. His blood that he shed was perfect. It was, uh, and, he, and, he, and all of that took place so that we could find ourselves free from sin and sin's punishment. Wow, hallelujah. So in closing, let me say this. You know, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our wrongdoings, according to the riches of his grace, it says, which he lavished on us. So when you came to Christ, this grace that had within it the forgiveness of wrongdoings because of the blood that he shed, this grace, he lavished it upon you. Don't ever think that you're not worth anything. Don't ever think that uh, you're a loser or, or you're a nobody. Because if you're really in Christ, that may be things that unsaved people say. But if you know who you are in Christ, if you know you're saved, you're a child of God, man. You're in the family of God. You've been reconciled to God the Father, the creator of the universe. You are being a, you are in a sanctification process every day, being made more and more like Christ. You've been changed. Your thinking has been changed. The things you say has been changed. The things you look at has been changed. All that has been changed in Jesus' name. That's powerful stuff, man. He lavished this on you. That means in the Greek to superabound, to be superfluous, to overflow, to be an affluence, to excel, or to be in abundance with the implication of being considerably more than what would be expected. That's what he did, and that's what he gave you at the moment you were converted. Remember, saved and justified, we were declared righteous. Saved and sanctified, set apart for special use. Saved and reconciled, now at peace with God. Saved and redeemed, bought with the price of Christ's blood. Hallelujah. Nothing could be more exciting than that. Glory to God. Let me pray for you right now. Father, we just thank you for this time together. Oh, thank you, Lord God, for going to the cross and sending Jesus to die for us on the cross so we might be free from sin and his punishment. I pray all of us who are watching this and listening to this, myself included, would be excited about what you've done for us, Jesus. That we would have exuberance knowing you've lavished upon us. You have just exceedingly abundantly laid upon our lives your grace, forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ. Thank you that we've been reconciled to God the Father. We've been redeemed. We've been declared righteous. We're now being in this sanctification process, being made more and more like Christ every day. We thank you, Jesus, for all these things. In the midst of this chaos, we look and see who we are, and we rejoice, no matter what's going on around us, we rejoice that we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. So may we thank you, we glorify you, and we honor you for all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. Boy, the time for me goes by quick. 30 minutes is done before I even know it. I try not to make these too long. I don't wanna, you know, I try to help with that, but you gotta have some time involved to get everything that needs to be talked about out. So I'm so glad you decided to join me for these four sermons on salvation. There's more, there's more series coming, so stay with us. Remember, go to, go to the YouTube channel, Brad Total Ministries, like it, subscribe it, hit that bell, get these every time they come out. But to end this, remember, every day you wake up in the morning, serve God with all your heart, know that Jesus died for you, 
Know that he paid the price for you. You have been redeemed. So live all out for God. Amen. God bless you.